You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, Episode 71. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Our Take segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. This week in our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we take a look at MTY Food Group, Inc., symbol MTY on the TSX, a quick service industry giant that produces strong cash flow and has produced strong gains for our clients over the past several years. A listener asks us our current take on the stock, which has recently been ranked a hold in our coverage. Our dog of the week is Canadian Premium Sand Inc., symbol CPS on the TSX Venture, an exploration stage company engaged in the silica sand industry. The stock is down 32% in the past week and 55% over the past 12 months. Finally, our star of the week is Cascades Inc., symbol CAS on the TSX, a leader in the recovery and manufacturing of packaging and tissue products. The stock is up 12% over the past week and 33% over the last month. We discuss the current valuations and see if it may be a long-term opportunity. Let's get right into the show. I'd like to welcome my co-host here, Mr. Aaron Dunn. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Ryan. How are you today? I'm rather busy in the throes of putting together a breakthrough turnaround report for our Canadian small cap or Canadian growth stock related clients. That should be out over the next month. So what's uh, why don't you explain what is a, what is a breakthrough stock? A breakthrough stock would essentially be, and we're talking about a company who has uh, been progressing well towards profitability and has broken through into profitability in the last several quarters. It may be one quarter, typically it's a couple quarters or more, but a company who's been growing revenues, reducing losses, increasing cash flow, and has broken through into positive cash flow or profitability uh, in the last several quarters. And it is a company that we think can continue uh, to grow that cash flow and continue to produce strong cash flow going forward, re- reducing its multiples and uh, offering good value over the uh, long term. The turnaround type companies would be a company who has been profitable in the past, has gone through a period for a variety of reasons of lagging profitability or a period where it's lost money and is looking to turn around and has turned around its operations into uh, a more profitable state at present that we think is more sustainable going forward. So those are two of the companies that uh, are the type or profile of companies that can make it into that report. So it sounds like this is the higher end of the risk spectrum, so riskier than what Keystone would normally look at, but on obviously higher return potential as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a great point to point that out. Uh, often, and this this research that goes into and the companies that go into this report come from us looking at all companies in Canada twice a year. Uh, it actually comes as a derivative from the cash-rich report that we do uh, twice a year for clients as well. Uh 
these are stocks that we pull out um, when we're doing that research of all 3,200 companies uh, in the Canadian market. These companies have, uh, for various reasons, potential for our clients. They rank on the higher end uh, because of the fact they're just breaking into profitability. They don't have that track record of profitability, but we highlight them for clients and often they can make their way into our discovery portfolio, which are stocks we're doing discovery type research on that have a higher level of risk, but the higher potential for long-term outperformance in the market. Uh, You can often find maybe a mispriced security here when there's no analysts following them. They've just broken through into profitability. If they can continue that going forward, uh, you're often getting in early before uh, much of the market is getting in. So you have that opportunity, but certainly it comes with a higher risk than most of the companies that we typically look at. Right. And so you do this every year, a breakthrough report. And uh, generally, I, I suppose subscribers, clients can expect some individual stock recommendations out of that as well. Yeah. And it, it looks that way again this time. There's about, about 12 to 15 that will be highlighted in the report specifically. Uh, it, le- it looks like, you know, I have management interviews that we've started and will continue over the next couple of weeks. Uh, it looks like right now it's tracking towards one to three. Uh, new recommendations coming out of it as well. I uh, can't guarantee that. Uh, we'll see how the management interviews go. But uh, there's a couple stocks that tend to stand out from this list. There's some, I mean, these companies, while they're on the higher end of risk for our coverage, uh, their heads and tails typically above the typical stock you find on the TSX or TSX Venture in terms of uh, companies Generally speaking, they still would be well ahead of most companies in terms of uh, meeting our criteria. But, uh, you know, they have a little bit higher risk because they don't have that track record that we love to see in a company as well in terms of profitability. Well, I look forward to seeing what you come up with. I know you do, Aaron Dunn. I know you do. And you'll be looking through that uh, with uh, you'll be waiting for that with bated breath, won't you? I will. Okay, good. Uh, we, we saw that cannabis stocks, we just wanted to touch on this, the Q, uh, the first quarter earnings this year, um, they, it's really been, uh, I think I saw an article saying it's been a quarter to forget for cannabis stocks. Uh, Canadian pot stocks were among the biggest laggards in the second quarter of the year uh, for a myriad of reasons, I think, ranging from softer than expected sales, supply chain issues. All of these have hit the sector hard. Um, I've seen analysts saying higher valuations that people are paying for these stocks. They'd expect high growth and strong revenues. Uh, for us, we'd expect profitability. It's not there yet. But when that doesn't come to pass, uh, some of these stocks have been sold off. And if you look in the second quarter, a company like Canatrust Holdings, for example, traded down over 35% in the second quarter alone. Other notable names, including Afria and Hexo Corp, uh, fell 26 and 21 percent, respectively. Names like Aurora, Kronos, and Canopy were also decliners in the quarter. So some of the biggest names um, de- all declined in this past quarter. For me, uh, the sector continues to be news-driven rather than cash flow-driven, which is often difficult to quantify in value and leads to wild fluctuations in, in valuations or, or the value that the, the market puts on the stock in the near term. Uh, I've seen analysts point to, and I would agree to this to a degree, systemat- 
systemic, sorry, issues in the Canadian ca- cannabis industry, including uh, continued bottlenecks in distributing legal pot to provincial regulators, a stunted rollout of physical retail stores in some of the companies, our country's biggest markets, such as Ontario, BC, and Alberta, as well as delays packaging and shipping cannabis. These are certainly negatives in the near term for the segment, but our biggest concerns include the fact that the there's not a single company, and Aaron, you talked about this in a video last week in this hot segment, that is operationally profitable. And the there's also the potential produ- productive capacity right now that exceeds demand in the mid and long term. So those are two negatives that we see for this sector that should shake out over time, but uh, they don't lead to lead us to seeing any real solid value in the sector right now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just put out the video uh, last week and and we were looking at the supply dynamics in the cannabis space, um, the likelihood of an oversupply situation in the next two to three years. This is actually something similar to what's happening in Washington State right now, um, where they're just uh, they're oversupplied essentially and the 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 government down there is looking at ways to curtail production uh, to reduce the supply. Um, but certainly profitability is, has been a major concern and that that was the highlight of the of the quarterly period for the for the industry indeed and we'll continue to monitor it and we'd like to see a company you know stick out its head and become significantly profitable in the near term in that sector and then we would uh, really dig into the numbers but uh, until that happens it's not going to meet our criteria we don't have a single stock in there that meets our criteria criteria in terms of current cash flow So now let's get into our Your Stock, Our Take segment. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. We're going to look at the first company, MTY Foods, Inc. The question comes in from Stevie V uh, via email. Asks uh, about this stock. No, it's been in our coverage in the past and wanted to know our current take on MTY Foods. Aaron, I'm going to let you handle that. Sure. Uh, MTY Food Group, symbol MTY, trading at about $65 right now, has a market capitalization of about $1.65 million, or billion, sorry, $1.65 billion. Uh, so what they are is they're a franchiser operating in the quick service industry. So they own a group of, of um, banners in the in the quick service restaurant industry. And there's there's quite a few. I'll just mention a couple of them. A Big Smoke Burger, uh, Just Jugo Juice, um, Maku Walk, Muffin Plus, Valentine, Van Hoyt, Sushi Man, and, and several more. But this has been a growth by acquisition company. Last year in 2018, they completed five acquisitions for a total expenditure of $325 million, adding 702 locations to their network. And this year to date, in 2019, MTY has announced four acquisitions, including a merger with Papa Murphy's, which alone is valued at $190 million US, or about $250 million Canadian. So at the end of Q1, uh, their most recent quarter, they had a network of just under 6,000 locations uh, throughout um, North America and internationally, uh, 5,941 to be exact. Um, The geographic split is fairly even between Canada and the United States, 46% US, 45% Canada, 9% international. And then subsequent to the acquisition or merger of Papa Murphy, the geographic split will change. Um, the the percentage in the U.S. will be fifty six percent, 
and 36% in Canada, so more exposure to the U.S. market. And they just put out their, their Q1 results. Well, on April 11th, the Q1 results were released. Uh, very strong performance um, overall. Revenue increased 27, 28% to $687 million. Same store sales were down 1.4% compared to the same quarter last year. Now, in Canada, the same store sales were up marginally, and that makes this the sixth consecutive quarter of positive same store growth. Um, but in the United States, um, they saw a decline. Um, which they attribute to adverse weather uh, conditions. But um, same-store sales has been an issue for the company. It's, it's, they've not been able to grow same-store sales overall for, for several years. Uh, EBITDA during the quarter increased 47%, and normalized or adjusted EPS was up 44% to $0.59. Cents. But very, very acquisitive company. Um, all of the growth that they've been generating over the years has generally been coming from acquisitions. So over the last three years, revenue's grown at an annual rate of averaging 44%. Adjusted EPS or earnings per share has averaged 43% growth per year. So very strong growth overall in the business. And they're trading about 15 times adjusted earnings right now. So certainly a reasonable valuation. Um, our take on the company, we're very impressed with the acquisition strategy. We're very impressed with the growth that they've generated. Uh, the merger with Papa Murphy's has the potential to be very significant to financial performance over the next one to two years. Uh, we expect that they are going to continue to, to grow the company by acquisition and do that very uh, very aggressively. The, va- the balance sheet is healthy. Uh, the valuation is attractive relative to growth, 15 times earnings, adjusted earnings. Um, they do pay a small dividend, but it, they're only yielding about 1%, so barely barely a dividend stock. Uh, the, the big concern that we have, and this is an issue in the restaurant industry, is that uh, investors, the market is always expecting same-store sales growth. That's one of the most that's one of the most uh, important metrics when it comes to the restaurant business is same-store sales growth. And that's not something that MTY has been able to produce for several years. So certainly uh, a strong performer overall, but we um, we would like to see those same-store numbers um, go positive, even just marginally positive. And if that were to happen, there would be very significant upside going forward. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it is uh, – the company – the growth by acquisition strategy is it's a tough one. Uh, I mean, companies do if they can navigate it successfully, it can be uh, a very profitable strategy long term. But it is a tough strategy to execute. Uh, it's hard to bet against MTY because they have executed this strategy successfully over the long term. Even though same store sales have been challenged, cash flow on a per share basis keeps increasing over time because of the way they're able to execute that strategy. So uh, certainly Papa Murphy's is a, a bit of a turnaround type acquisition. It's a large acquisition for the company. If they can uh, turn that business uh, around, increase profitability there, uh, and we see same store sales increases, uh, the price that it's trading at relative to cash flow is reasonable. So it's certainly a company that we continue to monitor and have a hold on uh, right now in our coverage. And I'll note as well that the stock is up about 30% approximately yeah. over the last year. So they, they have been doing well in the market, but a lot of volatility, volatility along the way too. So it's, it's Without a doubt. Yeah there's, yeah, there's been a lot of ups and downs in, in the share price. 
Yeah, and I think that, like Aaron said, uh, many analysts look at the company and want same-store sales growth because it's a typical um, metric that you use to value these type of companies. And you don't always see this. You're seeing it in Canada now, but not in the U.S. for the company. Um, The free cash flow, the cash flow generation here is something also to focus on, and that's not always focused on when analysts look at these companies because... You know, you're looking for growth in the same store sales if you don't see that. But the, the way they've been able to execute on an acquisition basis uh, does produce cash flow and does produce good returns over time. It's just a different way to look at the business maybe than some other analysts would look at it. So I think if you look at it as a cash flow generator, it probably outperforms and continues to outperform over time. Now we're going to look at our weekly dog. From our stars and dog segment, it's time for this week's dog. <laughs> That is Canadian Premium Sand Inc. CPS on the TSX Venture. Currently trades around 75 cents, market cap of around 16 million. The stock is down 32% in the past week and 55% over the past 12 months. The stock actually peaked uh, on August 8th around $3.53 and is down around 80% uh, over 10 months since that time. Now, what does the company do? They are uh, based in Canada, engaged in the silica sand industry. To be clear, Canadian Premium Sand remains an exploration stage company that is in the process of seeking all the necessary third-party approvals and external funding to design, construct, commission staff, and operate completely enclosed year-round operational silica sand extraction and processing facility. Now, we always look at what is driving the stock, what is driving the stock lower. Well, for a news-driven exploration company such as this, it's always tough question as there's no underlying cash flow to value the business. So the stock is trading on quote-unquote future potential, which is always highly speculative. So what has changed within the business over the past 12 months to cut the share price in half? We would argue that really nothing of significance has other than the fact that it probably should not have been at those loftier levels uh, over the past year to begin with. We do note the COO recently resigned, but I'm not sure if that has a massive impact on the business. Financially, the company's not generating any current revenue. The net loss in the last quarter, Q2 2019, was $3.5 million. Uh, so, you know, this is a company that will likely need to be funded further in the near term. So our take on it, Canadian Premium Sand is simply at this stage an exploration company going through the process to get a project approved and secure some speculative funding. The company, again, has no current revenues and the losses continue to be significant. In the last year, the company has more than doubled its shares outstanding after we adjust for a 15 for one reverse share consolidation. One day, its sand project may be operational, but we are nowhere near that point at this stage and it will likely need funding, like we said, just to stay operational in the near term. It is purely speculative, does not meet Keystone's minimum criteria for investment. The significant share losses it has incurred over the last week and last year place it as our dog of the week. No profit, no revenue, not really much to say on that. 
No, there's not a lot to dig into. Um, you know, we, we had somebody ask actually this a question on this company for a your stock our take. There's not even really enough to dig into fundamentally to have a your stock our take on it. That's about as far as I can go, and it, it just ends up ranking as our dog of the week. But there are hundreds of companies like that that are trading on the yeah. market, mostly the TSX venture. So it's it it does more or less provide a good um, a good framework for how to approach a company like that, which is don't invest. You know, don't invest in companies that don't even have revenue. They they haven't proven out any type of um, any type of business model. And I understand in the junior mining space that is not really the most of the companies aren't necessarily intending to produce and generate revenue. They're intending to build an asset and sell it, but very, very, very few actually are able to do that and, and provide value to their shareholders long term. Yeah, and it, it, if you want to have a, an investment or a stock that's investment grade, you have to start off with a minimum criteria of the company at least generating some sort of cash flow. Uh, these businesses are nowhere near that stage. We're not saying that management is uh, uh, not well intended or anything uh, of the sort. It's just it doesn't meet our criteria, and it shouldn't meet any investor's criteria as an investment grade investment. Uh, you want to speculate on it, throw some play money on it, that's up to you. It doesn't fit our criteria and we would not recommend it to our clients. So we're going to look at our star of the week. From our stars and dogs segment, it's time for this week's star. star. It's Cascades Inc., symbol C-A-S on the TSX. Aaron, I'd like you to take that one. Absolutely. So Cascade uh, trading at just a little under $12 per share, eleven seventy one. Last time I looked, a market cap of just over a billion dollars. So the company, the reason it's a star this week is their share price is up about 10% over the last week and nearly 30% over the last month. And what does the company do? Well, they're in the business of producing uh, and marketing uh, packaging and tissue products um, composed mostly of recycled fibers. So the company is organized into four main business segments. These uh, these include the container board segment, uh, box board segment in Europe, specialty products, and um, tissue papers. So they're an international company with operations uh, through Canada, the United States, Italy, and other companies as well. And their customer base mostly includes food processing companies, um, housing industry, uh, maintenance industry, and, and other, other areas as well. So what is driving the stock? Well, on it started with uh, with the release of their Q1 results on May 9th. Uh, the, the share price was up 21% after the release of the results. So obviously investors were happy with that. Um, following that, more recently on June 28th, Cascades announced that it won a bid um, at auction for the acquisition of a company called uh, Orchid Paper Products um, that is going through bankruptcy. So Cascade will acquire the assets for cash consideration of about 207 million US. And these acquired assets are expected to generate annual EBITDA or earnings before interest taxes, depreciation and amortization of around $45 million beginning in 2021. And this implies an acquisition multiple of approximately five times. So looking at the results, the Q1 results, which were released in May, uh, Cascade reported revenue of $1.23 billion, up 12% compared to the previous year. Uh, adjusted EBITDA was $239 million, up 15% on a per share basis, adjusted EBITDA of $2.49, which was up 18% year over year. 
And adjusted earnings uh, report adjusted earnings were 14 cents in Q1, which is compared to 13 cents in the same period of of the previous year. So uh, marginal growth in in adjusted earnings per share. Um, so. Looking at the company, it's it's trading at a price to earnings multiple right now about fourteen times adjusted earnings, uh, enterprise value to EBITDA of about three and a half times. So low multiple relative to EBITDA. In management's outlook, they say they are expecting near term results to improve, um, both sequentially quarter over quarter and on a year over year basis. So Cascade has has built some good share price momentum over the last over the last month here. Um, after the release of its Q1 results and the acquisition announcement. We actually did have coverage on this company in our income stock research several years ago. We ended up selling out our position um, at, a, at a big gain. One thing that I will say that I know about Cascades from covering it in the past is that it is a fairly complicated business. It does have a lot of moving parts. The company also has a fairly significant debt load. Uh, the valuation is attractive, but we would like to see a continued reduction in the level of debt. Nevertheless, the, the recent flow of positive news and the strong share price performance over the last month uh, make this company our star of the week. Well, thanks for that summary. I think uh, you know, I think it's a company that you continue to monitor. Uh, our income clients made a significant profit on that in the past, and uh We'll continue to monitor the company going forward, uh, particularly in light of the, the recent acquisition, the asset acquisition there, to see if that continues to strengthen the cash flow going forward and potentially help them at some point pay off some of that debt. Now, I think that does it for our uh, show this week. I'd like to thank Aaron for co-hosting with me. Thank you, Ryan. And uh, encourage you to continue to keep your questions coming into our Your Stock, Our Take segment. We'll endeavor to answer those each week. We keep getting more and more coming in. Uh, and again, I'd like to wish all our listeners out there profitable investing. Profitable investing. <laughs>